Good morning, everybody. It's Charlie Fink with This Week in XR, live from AWE on Friday, June 3rd. Uh, I have with me Rama Oragunti. He is the Chief Product Officer for Realware. Rama, welcome, and thank you for making time for us this morning. Thank you, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm uh, excited. I see we have here on the table, perhaps you can lift it up and All right, show right it to here. us, a... Uh, a new realware. Yeah, this is our, our, our latest product. This came out in um, November of last year, uh, November, December. And uh, this is about um, a completely new modular platform from our previous generation, which was the HMT1. So this particular product has um, a really high resolution camera built in. Uh, this one is a 48 megapixel camera. It's modular, it comes off. Uh, this display is much improved, also replaceable later. We have more displays coming. So this is this seems like a 7-inch tablet at arm's length. We have a 10-inch, 12-inch coming down the pike. Um, lot it of looks like it's got a great hinge on there, so you yeah, can place exactly. it in your peripheral vision. Correct. Um, so the way you would wear it is with a work band like this. Mm -hmm. uh, you would put it on your head, and then you would adjust, adjust your thing. So for those of you listening, uh, audio only, uh, the monitor mm -hmm. um, hangs off of the headband. Um, it's super light. You probably would forget you're wearing it. Right. And that <clears throat> monitor can give you all sorts of information, work instructions, pictures. You can take film. Uh, I mean, you can take video. Exactly. Take pictures. There's a light. I assume that light is also a work light. Yes. So we have a flashlight, obviously. We have a camera. Then, uh, So it's a monocular display So for people listening and who can't see. So you will see it either on your right or your left eye, depending on which eye is dominant. It's completely configurable for that. Um, then you, you, most of the use cases are around see what I see, which is uh, remote collaboration, remote expert help. You also do uh, work instructions, like you said. You can also see IoT data visualization. And that, that's what we are here at AWA to talk about a new concept that we came up with, which is assisted intelligence, which is about creating, consuming, capturing, curated information from at the front line. So it's using AI and other techniques, but it's more about getting the right information for the end user. So once you capture that information from a frontline worker, how yeah. is it used? So for example, we have a, um, a partner called IBM, IBM Inspector Wearable. And what they do is on the automotive line, as a car goes by, for example, if you want to inspect a wheel for quality control, so using computer vision in real time, a picture is taken, the defects are, are are noticed and then they're automatically tagged. And so for the frontline worker, as he's doing his quality inspection, quality control, it can see where the problems are without them having to rely only on their eyes. So it's assisting them with additional intelligence, but it's not replacing them. So then they can do the corrections and then move the line along. So that's the concept there. So I remember Realware in our coverage over the past couple of years mm -hmm. uh, had some significant uh, traction in... Uh, auto repair with yeah. BMW, yeah. and then I believe uh, a European gas and oil company made mm -hmm. a deal to buy thousands of them. Right, right. So uh, and that that kind of progress has has gone forward. Now on the auto side, we've made uh, lots of strides with Ford, for example. Uh, we have about two thousand plus deployed there at Ford uh, in auto dealerships. So the the, uh, the whole idea there is escalation. 
but you are an you are at an auto dealer you're trying to fix a car and you don't know how to fix it it usually gets escalated it's very difficult to be fixing a car while showing somebody else what you're seeing or hearing and uh, a technician wearing this can call uh, headquarters and uh, get the help you need now the um, uh, the nice thing that's happening there uh, in addition is uh, with companies like Ford, the the, the value for uh, our previous generation and the new generation is increasing because a lot of intelligence is being built into this, right? So like I talked about the IBM inspector wearable, those kind of use cases are becoming more and more prominent. So you have a big booth here yep. at AWE. You've been, RealWare has been here probably longer than I have. Um, <laughs> who who are you trying to reach? Are, are there enterprise customers here, colleagues in the industry? What's what's your strategy? Yeah, so for at AWE, what we primarily here to talk about is two things. One is moving, uh, we are moving from a hardware-centric company. So you've seen our versions of our hardware. We are moving from a hardware-centric to a platform-centric company, and I can talk more about that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the big things we're talking about today is assisted intelligence. That's the mm -hmm. other concept I just touched upon. I talked about the IBM example. There's another company called Transition Tech here also with us at the booth who does digital overlays on physical assets. So imagine now you're looking at this table. You can put a tag on that lamp, uh, on that light over there, and actually see sensor data, um, instructions, whatever is more relevant to you for that, and it's tracked in real time. You don't have to have fancy 3D cameras to do that, what we call 2.5D. So again, assisting you as you're doing your task. Does RealWare, aside from sort of this platform, mm -hmm. um, include any of its own software? And, yeah. And is that a license or is that a app? Sure. So we, we have, uh, the way to think about our company as a platform is three things. One is the hardware, which you see, which is sold directly through distribution and channel. The other element is the, our own software, which is Wear HF, which is how voice is recognized, and then Wear ML, which is how apps get tagged, so you can say the things and then get pressed virtually. So the, 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 all of that is included in this. And package. is the platform based on Android? Yeah, it's completely based on AOSP. This device is Android 11. And uh, so, th th so that was the hardware and then the software on top. And on top of that is the third-party software, Teams, Zoom, LibreStream, uh, IBM Inspector Variable, and so on. Those are licensed by those respective companies. We have a big ecosystem of 200-plus partners who enable this uh, answer. Then at the very top, we have RealWare Cloud, which sits uh, in parallel with other MDMs. It helps ma manage the device, push apps on it. Uh, what we are now doing is adding more analytics, more remote administration of the devices, uh, really helping fleet management. Mm -hmm. So that's a big step. Uh, I don't know if I, uh, if you know about this, we recently announced uh, CDC funding a couple of days ago of, of about $24 million wow. led by Foundry Group. And the whole reason for that fundraise is to help us accelerate on this path to go from a hardware-centric to a platform-centric. So we're very excited to help accelerate that. And you will see more and more stuff coming on the software and the cloud. So that's going to create a great new reven revenue stream. Yes, of course. Uh, I think more than revenue stream, the way we're thinking about it, it brings the whole solution together, right? At the end of the day, the acceleration of adoption of a technology like XR in general and assisted reality in particular really dependent on a full solution that's easy to manage from, from the center. It also offers valuable solutions at the front line. A uh, lot of times you will see great technology not really getting adopted because all the pieces are not together. That, that's really the more exciting part for me. Of course, yeah, there'll be revenue associated with that.
platforms. Let's talk about the XR market uh, sure. for enterprises mm -hmm. generally. Sure. So you hear a lot about uh, the amount of friction mm -hmm. that companies are facing trying right. to break in. Right. Right. You're trapped in what's called POC hell, proof right. of concept hell, right. where people buy a few units right. and they're kind of trying them. Right. But inside the company, people are really busy doing things the Correct. way they always did them. Correct. And so people in the industry from time to time can complain about that. Is that situation changing? Are you seeing faster uptick now? Yeah, I definitely. In the past two years, we have seen a lot of change in that because there was an absolute need uh, in, in many cases with COVID to see what's happening in the front line and devices like XR devices really help you see what's actually happening. Uh, give you the ability to add information in context when exper experts were not available. Right. So it, it it has been quite a bit of change. The other thing is companies like us uh, have been in the in the trenches, like I said earlier, for a long time. So we have learned a lot. Uh, most of it is change management at this point. I think the pieces of technology are coming together. It's putting it all together and helping companies make the transition, showing value at the front line. So we're going to be back here again next year, as okay. we are every year. Yes. Somebody described it. Uh, Angelo De Priori of HP told oh, me it's like him. your cousin's wedding. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, tell me what we can expect to be talking about next year. Uh, from uh, from Realware, I would say next year you will see more of the platform story. You should see more of the cloud and how we are making specific solutions, stitching them together for in specific verticals. Right now, um, so far, it's been more horizontal, where you are servicing multiple verticals all at the same time. This year, we're focusing on a few verticals and trying to stitch the whole end-to-end. -end. I think that's what's going to get you uh, out of the uh, small-scale deployments to very large deployments. And we have already seen that in automotive, for example, large deployments. Rama, this has been a great conversation. Unfortunately, these are speed interviews, yes. so we have to let you go. But will you come back on the regular show? Uh, of course I will. Yeah, anytime, Charlie. And uh, I also am speaking later today. Okay, great. I look forward. Thank you. With us this afternoon, we have Tony Vitillo, a.k.a. the Scarred Ghost, a blogger, a writer, a developer, and a leader in the XR industry. Welcome. Thanks for making some time for us. Oh wow, thanks Charlie, I'm very honored to be here with you today. We would say you're a, you're a bona fide XR specialist and you bring your knowledge to other people through your blog and through other social media platforms where you're delivering these nuggets of information and insight, right? Yeah, that's the idea, I mean, I'm, uh, I have like a, let's call it a daily job, even if you know, we all work day and night, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> let's say it's my main job, that is one of being a developer. Uh, currently, I have like two different jobs. One is making games, a new technology workers, an agency I co-founded. So focused on entertainment and gaming, we did this fitness game called Hit Motion Reloaded. And another company that is a French company called Vroom, where I work for virtual events, that is the, was the topic of my speech today here at WE, where I recreate virtual concerts and festivals in XR. And then I take all the lessons that I learned while doing this job, and I try to tell them to people. I also try to interview people, review them, uh, review the uh, hardware that I try for my job, etc., etc., to help the other people in the community. Okay, but, but before you go on, can I just make sure that our listeners understand the epic coolness of some of the things <laughs> that you've built? I mean, the uh, midnight concert with Jean-Marie Jarre in uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it was incredible. Hundreds of people. 
uh, attended. Uh, you also built Con VR, the Con XR Venice Festival. Film Festival. And, um, and you also South worked on South by Southwest. Yes. So these are very, very visible projects. Yeah, it's mainly to follow the team of Vroom, you know, I'm just part of all the, the team caring about the tech side, but we all together create amazing things. I mean, the Jean-Michel Jarre, I'm quite afraid of saying that, had 75 million views across the whole world. It's like, when I think about it, it's like, wow, was I involved in this kind of huge thing? It was broadcast on French TV, on Chinese social media, on Facebook, it was everywhere. So most of people were on traditional media, not via... 75 million is a lot, and in the hour, like, anyway, thousands of people <laughs> enjoying it in their chat. And it was so cool because, you know, Notre Dame is still burned down, so you can't enter it. And creating a concert during the pandemic in a church that doesn't exist anymore with the legend of electronic music was like, wow. And it was really <laughs> an amazing project. That everyone worked with it very well. South by Venice Film Festival. Amazing projects from a creativity standpoint with lots of people attending. And now we've done this musical experience called Oximo. This kind of, always with Jean-Michel Jarre, like a post-industrial city where there are 12 songs and every song corresponds to a district in the city. So why you listen to the song, you travel inside the city. So that's another kind of way of enjoying music instead of traditional concerts. We try always to do something new, something different. And that's what I love of this company. So... Tony and I have a mutual admiration society. I frequently point to his blog from my um, from, from my work style, yeah, from my work style. And and Tony, you know, frequently uh, promotes that on social media, which I super appreciate. But here's the thing that gets me. Okay, I work all week doing this stuff, and I produce maybe a thousand words. And this is a guy who has a full-time job as a developer, and his content is four times the size of mine, and always incredibly deep and technical. And so I always am like, how the hell does he do this? Do you really not sleep? I mean, and English isn't even your first language, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I've become a guy. So, <laughs> uh, so thanks for the kind words. And anyway, I love totally what you do, Charlie, really. I'm really a big fan of your posts and your roundups as well. Regarding me, you know, sleeping starts becoming like more a hobby, you know. <laughs> sometimes I do it, sometimes not. It's quite challenging, but you know, it's all a matter, I think, also of trying to get compromises. Like, uh, I had a delivery for a cool project we did for the France television for Roland Garros on uh, mid-June. We're still going on this project. And that period, I could blog very little. Now, instead, I'm more focusing at AWE and creating connections, writing blogs during the evening and the night. So I can be more active on the blog. It's more like trying to get a compromise between the peaks of the various works. I'm sleeping barely. <laughs> but it has led to an interesting relationship with NVIDIA, correct? Also, yeah, with some brands like Qualcomm, like NVIDIA, etc. I'm connected with the PR team for the blog, and then maybe create a collaboration for my other jobs, because NVIDIA is doing amazing things with cloud rendering, so I'm a big fan of what they're doing. What kind of rendering? Cloud rendering. Cloud rendering, Cloud XR yes. SDK is yes. amazing. I tried it with 5G connection. Yes. Works very well. So, you know, the blog is good for knowing people, 
uh, with these people then I can get their work collaboration. Uh, more I work, I get more things for the articles and always so uh, Well I'm I'm glad you brought up uh, cloud rendering. Okay. Because I think cloud rendering has the potential to be very disruptive. And it has the potential to bring photorealistic graphics to VR or XR I should say way before we ever thought that yeah. might be possible. Yes, so um, like you, I'm a big fan of cloud rendering and having tried it with uh, 5G connections in the lab and seeing that it basically is like having tethered device, it's like, okay, this is the future. But I try also to warn people to say, calm down a bit, because having edge servers everywhere to provide cloud rendering with few little latency everywhere is quite challenging. So speaking with the NVIDIA guys, understanding what can be the compromises to make this possible. And they told that, for instance, they're evaluating some tricks, like not all the applications need very, very little uh, latency. Maybe AR ones can have a uh, bigger one. VR ones must be, uh, have a smaller one. So creating maybe a network that can get a compromise with the latency can do the trick. But anyway, just say people, let, let's wait for it. I don't want to overhype people. You know, I try to be very practical and say it will happen, but let's give it this time. Yeah, you touched on something really interesting. There's an interesting thesis around dynamic latency, right? The idea that the end user has a perception yeah. that things are happening in real time or near real time, but actually they're being gated based on the application needs. Yeah. So things have really strong needs to be fully linked in as you play a game or yeah. something. That can be one of the tricks to arrive to cloud rendering because if you want super low latency for every application, for everyone, everywhere, you will need servers instead of bricks in the buildings, probably. It's too, too much. While if you manage to find some compromises, I think. Maybe something you render on the device, something on cloud with different latencies. I think it can be the right thing to do, but I'm quite bullish about it because it really has a huge potential giving us lightweight glasses with cloud with uh, amazing graphics. But let's see, lots of technical issues to solve and we are here also for this. So, so how big is your worldwide audience that's, that's keeping tabs on you? following you and what are your preferred platforms where do they where do they find you um let's say that um, linkedin and twitter are the ones i'm more active on and so that's why i connect more with people also like charlie and you so it's uh, the best places i try also to be available on youtube but it's i'm more uh, you know someone that likes to write so sometimes i try to explore videos but it's I, can, I don't feel at home, you know, I, it's something like an experimentation. It's, I'm a wall of text guy. So. Yeah, so one of the things I, I admire about your work is you do so much hands-on, right? You're yeah. always reporting, people are always bringing you things and asking you to write honestly about them. So what have you seen in the past, let's say, year, in 2022, that made you go wow? Oh, that's an interesting question. So one thing that, uh, let, since we are at AWE, let's talk about two things I tried at AWE in November last year. So 
Um, one is the Mojo Vision contact lenses because these are like uh, moonshots. Yeah. We don't know if they will succeed, but anyway, the work they're doing is yeah. super cool. Yeah, so we've they... had to see Steve Sinclair on the show. Yeah. We're getting another look at it uh, yeah. this week. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. 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 Tomorrow we'll go try it. And you, they give you a stick with a right. circle. And they a get a lot of content dot. on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a green dot. And you say, oh, it's a LED light. They say, no, that's a display. You're like, no way, it's, it's a green dot. And they say, no, put it close to your eyes. You put it close and you see like Baby Yoda. Like an image yeah, on the screen. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, this is the future. Like having the possibility of having a smart contact lens, you know, it's kind of incredible. And it's incredible that I have a roadmap and until now, they are respecting the road. So we don't know if they will succeed, but until now, they are very serious as a company in providing public road and respecting it. Um, they are doing lots of progress. So I say that I totally esteem what they're doing, and I'm kind of mind blown. That's science fiction stuff, what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> it's really magical stuff. Instead of the craziest thing I tried, I remember the EctoVR boots. That's kind of mechanical oh, yeah. <laughs> boots that while you walk, they they drive you back so you can keep walking in VR because walk in place yeah you can walk in place because the motors put you back yeah, yeah. I, I like that idea better than the catwalk yeah, they've got the <laughs> giant harness on you and you're running on it there running in place but it's totally crazy because they're super heavy, super noisy. They move it very fast and three, four times I, I thought I was dying, falling down with the head. And I said, okay, I'm dying, it's super cool because <laughs> I love people trying crazy stuff. You know, all the one is so serious and doing this application with these features. And someone says, okay, let's do boost to work in VR. And I said, okay, I love it. So, have, have you had a chance to wear the second gen Magic Leap? Not yet. Uh, I went uh, to the private room. It was empty now, so I will try tomorrow to knock we'll be curious. That'll be our we're, follow-up. We're, very, we're very bullish on it. Uh, Tony Vitillo, thank you for taking time to speak with us. It, it is great to see you in the room. <laughs> thank you. I'm here with Jeremy Kaniski. He is the CTO of Exalter. Exalter. So, first of all, great to see you in the real. Yeah, you too, Trey. <laughs> Second of all, what is Exalter? Yeah, so um, Exalter was a company, I think I had actually talked to you about it when we first were kicking it off. Doing, We're doing a lot of uh, virtual reality training for enterprise, doing a lot of oil and gas work, okay. um, doing a lot of you know pipeline integrity stuff, electrical instrumentation, things like that. Um, so, so is that VR and AR? Uh, it, honestly, it's really just VR, uh, really focused on VR right now. You know I've done a ton of AR stuff yes, since, I do. Like, since way back in the day, but... Um, you know, as I'm, I guess maybe as I'm getting older, VR and training and all this stuff is kind of where all the money's at. And so we're building some really, and it's, it's also really, uh, it's well built. It looks good. It's, it's people are being actually using it in the field. So uh, it makes a lot of sense for us so to, to go after that. Is there a preferred headset that you've sort of standardized on? Or you uh, I mean, we're doing, it's all standalone stuff. So we're doing a lot of Quest stuff, to huh? be honest. Um, doing some Pico stuff too. Yeah, so. Yeah. so that's the real focus is, is these standalone, standalone training, yeah. devices. Yep, yep. Deploying at scale, large, large yeah, numbers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Typically our customers are buying them themselves and then we're helping to manage them. But yeah, you know, five, six hundred at yeah, a time. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, those are big numbers. Yeah. Uh, how big is your team? Um, we're at about 20, 19, 20 right now. So, and yeah. and are you guys funded yet? Are you self funded? Or? No, we're all we're all self funded. So we've got a couple. Um, uh, so, so we're doing the the enterprise stuff with some commercial customers in the oil and get mostly oil and gas business. 
Um, but we're also doing a lot of university stuff right now. So I've heard the term metaversity being thrown around here, um, right? Um, Why not? So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we invented it by any means, but we've been using it also for the last year and a half um, for some university work that we're doing. And a lot of it is, you know, associate degree, blue collar job training stuff, real similar to what we're doing in the enterprise, but right. it's for, uh, you know, these kids go into two-year colleges. So here's a question I've always had, knowing that training is such an important application of VR. Um, but, of course, your specialty is technology. You don't actually know the job that they're training for. Right. So what is the relationship of the developer and the customer who's trying to articulate to you yeah. what it is they're trying to teach people? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we're... It, it's. I'm sure it's different for everybody, but I mean, in a lot of ways, we're, it's something we're trying to solve right now. In a lot of ways, I've become an expert in uh, vapor recovery units and <laughs> offloading terminals and, you know, um, um, separation tanks and all kinds of stuff, right? I'm going out there and sitting down with the SMEs and under, trying to understand what the training process is, what the standard operating procedures are, and, and really trying to understand that. Then going back with our team, we build all the stuff, build the simulations, right? So it's it's a little bit like writing for me in that research yeah, is yeah. the most time consuming part. Yeah, I mean, I, I joke with the guys. I mean, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to go become you know make a ton of money being an oil field services person. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've learned all these different goofy things, but yeah, I mean, I mean, and then the other thing we're doing in the, on the university side is we partner directly with the instructors, and they help they contribute to writing a lot of the the training material for us. And so, can that training material then be syndicated? To other universities, yeah. Well, so everything we're building right now, we own completely. So, so we're putting up deals right now where we're. So you create these training modules for the oil and gas industry, and now you can take them and go to all of their competitors. In, in and most say, cases, yeah. And in fact, you know, speaking of that, in fact, a lot of them are actually starting to work together. So they're coming. We're bringing two or three of them to the table at the same time and saying, "Look, all you guys need this big compressor unit built. Why don't you, instead of each of you paying half a million bucks, why don't you pull some money so together?" Which yeah, then makes so, sense that you're locking it into the education models because yeah. there's a lot of it, like we use this term paint by numbers, right? Where you're yeah. kind of doing overlays of devices are you using the pass-through cameras for the VR in some cases? or is that, uh, Pass-through for, for like, VR, what do you mean? Like when you're looking at the actual units that you have to build and using the video components of these new headsets. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not doing any kind of pass-through, so any video see-through or anything. Full, no. full simulation. <clears throat> full sim, yep. Uh, yeah, full sim, is, multiplayer, yeah, that kind of thing. But it is sort of like learn it, do it kind of simulate it and then go out in the real world and, and do it. Right. It's a variety of, you know, there's, depending on the complexity of each module, there's identification of things and stuff like that. But then you actually get into operating like full sections of a terminal. Like, in VR. Yeah, in VR. There's OIPs. You go switch things on. You see the valves open up. You see the fluid start flowing through and stuff like that. So it's pretty complex. Yeah. It seems to me a business like this could really scale and get large and employ hundreds of developers. Is that right. where you're headed? I, you know, I don't know. We're... You know, I don't know. I, I agree with you that that's where it seems. Right. Like I mean, it it's about up. obviously uh, it's about deal flow. So yeah. if you have enough uh, business, you then can add people to help you execute on it. Right. Right. So yeah, maybe. I mean, we're we're building. You know, we have a training platform in house that we've built and developed that plugs into people's learning management systems, LXP stuff like that. Um, but obviously the content piece is a huge part and it's very expensive and so we're trying to balance we you know you know you know me i come from a content building background so we're trying to figure out you know how much of that are we going to keep doing and how much of that do we you know bring other partners on and stuff like that there you know i've been coming to awe since it was year one or two and aare or whatever it was used to be called and 
a lot of my buddies here are now running similar companies, doing similar training stuff. So, um, you know, some of us are talking about different ways we could potentially combine efforts. Everybody's building the exact same thing, which seems a little weird to me, a little yeah, silly. The, the competitive landscape, the company I know well is Tailspin. Yeah, it's yeah. probably similar. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. obviously a huge market. So there's Tailspin, Tailspin focused yeah. mostly on soft skills. Right. They're doing a lot of soft skills training, right? right? Yeah. So yeah. you have a different bench. You're doing right. more of the hard Hard hardware, big, right. big there, there's a huge vacuum right now for people that can do these kind of jobs. I mean, these kids can go middle of you know, middle of Oklahoma, can go to the school, get a two year degree, and make 120 grand a year coming out of school. It's crazy. They're 24 years old, making tons of money. Are, are you looking for developers? Are you growing? Yeah, what? we are. We're growing. We're, I, um, I'm out of town for the next week and a half, but the day I get back, we're onboarding three new people. So I mean, we're we are looking for people. Yeah, I have a uh, half a dozen students who graduated who are. Are you at Chapman now? I am at Chapman and okay. uh, Arizona okay, I State, and okay. uh, I, from time to time I do remote teaching at Shenandoah University on the East Coast okay. because um, they have an, a VR program okay. that is run by uh, somebody that I'm friendly with, actually from AWE. Yeah, okay. So um, they, as opposed to Chapman, which is more liberal arts oriented, right. these guys are hardcore science. Yeah, yeah. Hard, they have you know C Sharp and all of the different programs. Yeah, so, I'm happy to. Yeah, yeah, some of them want to go into games. Some of them just want to do VR anywhere. They worked on a Smith project for the Smithsonian together, so they've had some professional experience from this program. So they're yeah, not—they're yeah. uh, not what you normally think of as a computer science or the kind of liberal arts creative types we have yeah. at Chapman. I don't have too yeah. many people at Chapman who learn C sharp and are game engine ninjas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they're storytellers. They have ideas, but yeah. mo most of them want to be Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, very different than the computer science guys who really just want to work for, yeah. you know, Rockstar Games or Activision or something and, you know, participate uh, as part of a team doing something that they really, really love. I mean, right. these are guys who were doing, you know, the esports teams. Right, right, right. So, do you guys have a booth here? We don't, no. No, it's actually, I just came by myself. Um, you know, Charlie, we're spending a lot of time. I used to come to all these, I used to be a, the emerging tech chair at SIGGRAPH and do all kinds of the tech conferences. Man, I spend most of my time now at the oil and gas conferences and the, I mean, because that's really where we're. You're we're fishing where the fish are. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I can imagine the uh, tenor of an oil and gas conference is very different than AWE. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised with how much they're, everyone's adopting this. I, I thought that, you know, older people in the oil and gas field that are used to doing this kind of stuff are going to be like, what are you trying to tell me? Put a headset on and do what? But they've actually been super receptive. So, Well, I would imagine surprising. that you've put a lot of people into VR for the, for the first, first time. time yeah, right? yeah, sure. So in addition to like your work and you're saying this is what we're doing and you know, we can help you like teach your your technical staff how to rebuild a very complex compressor or right, something, right. Um, do you sort of say, hey, by the way, while you have these things, go play these games. It's time to take <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had at one of the universities we're working with, we had one of the guys do the plank walk thing. Uh -huh. yeah. you know, Richard's sure plank experience. I'm sure you've seen people literally yeah. dive into yeah. the wall. And so, I mean, I, I don't do a ton of that anymore. <laughs> Some liability. Well, there. I think Meta has done everybody a favor by spending hundreds of millions of dollars promoting VR. Yeah. yeah so at least people see it on TV. And they're like, oh, now I got one for work and I can use it at home. I can bring it home for my kids. And I can That's what a lot of them are, are doing. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Jeremy, a year from now, yeah. 
Um, what are you and I going to be talking about at this table for the podcast? Um, yeah, good question. So I think, you know, we'll have our big metaversity project deployed to OSU. We're working with OSU right now um, on this, this one. So, and this has been, a, it was originally funded by a type, big Title III grant, and now they're actually funding it themselves, which is, I think, kind of unheard of in the university yeah, system. Self-sustaining. And, yeah. yeah. Victory XR has been doing Yeah, see, I've been meaning to catch up with Steve. Um, I haven't, yeah, haven't Steve, talked to Steve Grubbs, we're, we're trying to yeah. get him on the podcast in a few weeks. Yeah. I think we had him in 2020. I'm a, Steve's great. I'm a yeah. big fan. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he operates off of the Engage platform. But yeah. He, yeah. But, but what he does so well is... He's giving me a tour of some of his stuff on it virtually. And per- stuff. Perfect. It's, it's I was cool. going to yeah. say, he has signed up a lot of colleges and really yeah. talks to talk with them. Yeah. We're, we're taking a little bit of a uh, different approach than building on top of Engage. You know, we're deploying our own, you know, system and metaversity platform. But, um, but yeah, I've seen his stuff in Engage. It's good. Good stuff. Yeah. Jeremy, it's been great to catch up with you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for joining us this morning, and um, good luck on the last day of the show. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it.